Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. So, you know, there's actually an immense piece of work for members to adapt their compliance frameworks to operating and being supervised remotely and to still get connection with your first spine and make sure they're still making the decisions the way they need to make them when there's, there's so many more variables that have been introduced into their thinking and what they've got to think about. You know, emerging rules for um, assisting customers who are now in distress yeah. on top of existing rules. So it's an incredibly complex time for risk-based decision-making. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And once again, we have Naomi Burley, our Managing Director. Hi, Naomi. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Kwame? Uh, not too bad. Um, still um, enjoying uh, my new office situation. <laughs> my executive assistant, cat. You think yes, walking yes. on a keyboard is a good idea? Um, so I think today we're going to have a discussion a bit about um, just some of the upcoming events and how they've changed a bit. We, we talked a bit about that in the last podcast, but I think we have some firmer dates and some firmer ideas about how things might play out. So I thought maybe we could get started with the AML Financial Crimes Congress. You know, what's changed there and what can people expect? Look, um, essentially, we're, keep, we're keeping the program the same. We've contacted all the speakers and they're all still um, happy to speak on the new date. The irony is, you know, when we publicised it yesterday, um, our time, when we're recording this, uh, I did have a few cheeky emails come back from members going, oh, it's all going to be over by the 27th of July. Good to know. Thanks for the heads up. So I did have to laugh at that. Um, that was a week ago when we when we went, oh, okay, you know, all things being equal, that might be a pretty safe date. Um, what we're going to do at the moment is uh, construct a, a few experiments with some other events that we've always only run face-to-face because of the value of meeting your cohort and doing all those kinds of um, the value add bit, which we think is also important for the AML Congress. So we chose to postpone rather than go virtual, even though a lot of the speakers said, oh, I'm quite happy to speak on a webinar and we do it that way. Yeah. Just because it can be really valuable, especially in our membership where um, at the AML Congress, we get a lot of members where they're not necessarily AML specialists. They are have the compliance responsibilities for the whole organisation, but they have to do AML as part of that and the other bits of fin crime. So um, it's really important for them to make sure that they've got active networks in their city and um, and they get to talk to other people and share experiences, and that's what the breaks are for. So um, what, we, what we're going to do is conduct a little bit of an experiment with our 101 cohort, which is normally only face-to-face, Yep. And um, we've gone out to them and, and asked them if they want to split up the day into half and half or whether they want to split it up into four sessions over four days yep. um, because I doubt anyone's stamina to sit on a webinar the whole day. Yeah. Um, so so we're going we're to try both because half came back saying they wanted it one way and half came back the other. So we're going to try both. We're going to talk to our facilitator about that and set up a few ways where we can still have that session where everyone gets to introduce themselves we can have live audio questions as well as the chat box question um, and still get a little bit of a feel for that and sort of up the energy, I guess, because it, it can be really hard when you're sort of sitting at your desk and you've been sitting at your desk to log on and, and get interactive. From that, we'll have some learning so that if we have to switch over the AML to doing something that is remote, 
we will try and and um, make sure it's it's really energised and they can still get value out and they can still ask live questions and they can still have an opportunity to share learnings and and do all those those extra bits and pieces even if it is a follow-up event after we've done the virtual event when we can all get together face-to-face again. So we're going to try and be a bit creative about that. Um, But as you and I know and the membership knows that for our sector, um, your compliance responsibilities haven't ceased at all. So although ASIC's pulling back on consultations and a few other bits and pieces that they might have been going to to push through um, and Parliament might have closed for a little while, you've still got existing um, obligations and we know that as we discussed in the other podcast, um, the criminal elements certainly not having a little bit of time off. They were already probably self-isolating anyway. (laughs) And um, (laughs) they're just, they're just getting even more creative. So it's a, you know, there's actually an immense piece of work for members to adapt their compliance frameworks to operating and being supervised remotely and to still get connection with your first spine and make sure they're still making the decisions the way they need to make them when there's there's so many more variables that have been introduced into their thinking and what they've got to think about. You know, emerging rules for um, assisting customers who are now in distress yeah. on top of existing rules. So it's an incredibly complex time for risk-based decision-making in the first line. And our members are more important than ever to support them. Um, you know, so we'll still be keeping up with, with all of our events, but just doing them virtually because our members more than ever need that kind of support. Yeah, excellent. Um, so another thing to, to discuss, I think, is um, we had just last year started these point of view events, which I think has mm. gotten a pretty good response from members. So I guess the question is, how is, you know, what's coming up with that and how is that sort of delivery going to change as a result of the situation? Yeah, well, you know, Deloitte have been really, really adaptable about that and so have our speakers. They're obviously the panel that we'd put together to speak at the one coming up um, is going to be a little bit changed and a little bit uh, smaller than it was originally. One, because we're going online and we thought it will try out with a panel of three of us instead of having a panel of five that we were yep. originally working with. Um, but as well, you know, some of those members are off doing exactly what I just described. They've now got to adjust their frameworks and, and help people through, help their first line through this process of being compliant in this new environment. So um, where we've shifted that, push it back a week so that we can play around with the technology and deliver that via webinar. And so now the invitation can go out Australia-wide, which is really mm-hmm. good. So if you haven't already registered for that, registrations have reopened for the 8th of April um, for a 10.30 to 12 session. Yep. We're still going to intro the um, latest draft of the ISO compliance framework standard because we think more than ever, understanding you know, the framework around 19600 and how that's going to evolve into the new standard is really, really important because having a really well-constructed compliance framework um, as, your, as your backbone to then be agile and adjust to, to um, operating it remotely Yep. It's really, really important. Um, and and this, the work on the ISO standard is not going to slow down. Um, it's, still, it's still projected to be released at the end of the year. So, it's, you know, we still all need to keep up with speed with that business as usual stuff. So, we'll start there. 
and then we're going to sort of segue into you know what it means to to be working on your compliance framework at the moment remotely and um and deloitte are keen at this stage to see if we can then do these with more frequency and have that point of view and then bring in those other panel members when they become available and discuss similar topics mm -hmm. and then concurrently we'll be running a a uh, discussion group. Um, we're going to release the invite for that in the next couple of days to discuss this very topic and then the questions that emerge out of that, we'll take that to the point of view session as well um, and try and prepare some material around that. So um, we're adapting like you're adapting and so there'll be a lot more webinars on the calendar that were already in play ironically enough um, and we will keep supporting uh, our members professionally through the magazine and the podcasts and the webinars. Right. And I guess, as you've pointed out a few times, there is that, you know, the work for compliance and risk professionals has not stopped, um, which leads to our flagship event, the annual conference. Um, I guess some people will be wondering what will be happening with that. So what plans are sort of developing around the annual conference for us? Uh, look, the, 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 um, the day is still, the two days are still structured the way they were going to be structured. It's still in November. Yep. <laughs> I, I, hopefully we're not being optimistic that we'll be able to meet face to face in November. Um, but uh, we still have the first day as a big regulated day. And the theme is around lifting that level of sophistication from compliance. Um, the original plan had been obviously that the um, recommendations from the Royal Commission were all meant to have been passed by the 30th of June. That's obviously right. now going to be different. Yeah. So um, a little bit of that is like, well, if they're not passed by 30 June and Parliament goes back in August, what does that mean for that timetable? So we'll be watching that really, really closely. But that first day will be regulatory updates. And by November, um, it could be abs you know everything could be trying to be fast track we don't know where where that will go whether we will rush to you know regulators and government will rush to get this all done because of the original timetable whether they'll spread it out a bit more so it'll be incredibly valuable to be able to get some face-to-face -face time with regulators in november then um because i dare say they they will be flat chat until then anyway yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about that first day. And then the second day is always around core skill building for compliance and risk professionals. So what do we see and what questions do we see coming out and what do regulators see in that skill set that needs strengthening? We still need some strengthening around understanding data and data analysis um, and using that as your best available information for things like conduct risk and compliance risk. Yeah. Um, and being able to factor that in, understanding qualitative data and being able to play around with that better. Mm -hmm. um, being able to run some of those conduct and cultural surveys yourself yeah. and get some feedback in. So there's still some, uh, some skill set stuff in there. People are still asking lots and lots of questions around privacy. Um, still, we want to address that before the conference, but again, we'll be looking at um, that core skill set um, uplift for the conference. So down some of those specialist tracks on, the, on day two. Right. Uh, and we've had some great feedback from members on the topics they'd like to see presented, uh, which, some of which indicated that we were already on the mark with what we were preparing and others are really interesting takes on, on what's going on. So we'll, feed, we'll definitely feed that in. Um, some of them are even about how to have a, a valuable 
relationship with the regulator. Um, so there's not so much one of those, uh, we're mates now, so they won't sort of walk in the door and examine us. It's how to get value out of that relationship, how to establish so that there is respectful and valuable dialogue both ways because they understand that you as the compliance and risk professional are trying to get it right. Yep. And how you can um, work with them so that they don't feel compromised by you know that relationship either you know that's always that funny sticking area with with having a good relationship with the regulator um so we'll have a we'll have a session run in there by an ex-regulator so that will be some really good uh insights i think for people yeah and while i know that things have sort of slowed down in the legislation front i mean there are a few pieces i think people have been looking at um from the aml discussion group i know that tranche 1.5 as we're calling it um, it's definitely something that people are kind of looking at, um, especially yes, when it comes yes. around the tipping off provisions and um, other elements yes, in there. Very concerned, yes. And look, yep. we'll be covering that off in the, in the AML event, um, those tipping off provisions and how cautious you need to be and how you need to train up your first line staff. Yep. Um, we will still have some stuff on, you know, all your reporting requirements and your suspicious matter reporting. Again, lifting that another level. Every year, our members have lifted their game in that in that area and Austrac's feedback has been very, very positive around that. They've been really encouraged by the way organisations have got better and better and better at it. Um, but, you know, there's no end to the improvement you can make in that, in that stuff. And um, so we'll definitely be looking at that at the AML Congress yeah. as well. And it may be something that we touch on again at the conference um, if there's a free session. But, you know, it is starting to fill up the program yeah and I, and I also think there's supposed to be uh, some amendments to the privacy legislation as well um in terms of um the rights to erasure i think is a question that's has risen up in there as well as yes. um, extension and the definitions of, of certain types of information as well so, um yeah that's right you know and how much you're going to have to redo your your system yeah. um to include that and, and protect that information yeah yeah, yeah. so um so there's a lot, there's still a lot to cover. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time uh, this morning. We'll catch up again with, um, I'm sure something else interesting will happen that we have to talk about. So <laughs> until then. Definitely will be, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, look, I look I look forward to bringing, bringing up the, you know, the discussions from the discussion groups. We'll have a lot more of those reactivated as well. If you, if any listeners have suggestions for discussion groups where they want to connect with their compliance peers in other organisations and discuss common problems, let me know. We'll put it up, we'll invite people. Um, but especially now, it's it's a really great time to have that audio discussion and not be relying on email and having it with peers across other organisations because I'm sure they'll be facing similar challenges. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll put a link in below, um, just directing to the events page where all the discussion groups are for those who are not already registered for those groups there's an opportunity where you can do so and be part of the conversation yes fantastic thanks Kwame. all right thanks a lot naomi this podcast was a production of the governance risk and compliance institute and the music was produced by rob neary